0: Hi everybody, welcome to episode 48 of the T-Side Business Podcast. Today we are joined by Andrew Knowles. Yeah, hi Michael, thanks um, for having me. No wrong, thanks very much for coming down. So, we'll get started, same as we do with it. everybody, is if we just jump straight into, you can give us uh, a brief career history of the things that you've done that led you starting your own business.
1: Yeah, no problem. So, it's probably best to start, um, Probably around just just around the millennial, the millennium time. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was obviously uh, when all the computers were gonna crash. And they, <laughs> yeah, the, the bug. Gonna, the bug was gonna happen. Um, so I, at the time, I was working in sales for Coca Cola. Um, I was loving life. I was in my twenties, driving around in a nice company car, um, working for arguably one of the biggest brands on the planet. Yeah. Um, and my my dad um, approached me, who'd been in the advertising business, um following a really long, successful career in retail, he approached me and said that he's got a business idea to mm-hmm. sell um advertising in an Little A five magazine that gets delivered door to deliver door around the Chesley Street area where mm-hmm. he was based. So, um a lot of a lot of arm twisting and um you know a lot of soul searching, you know, do yeah. I do I continue down this corporate route with so much potential mm-hmm. or do I Go, you know, try and sort of, you know, grab this sort of uh, this entrepreneur bug. Yeah. Um, by the horns, as it were, really, and just say, yeah. like, let's let's go for it. You know, let's let's do something. So we, um, literally, back of a beer in a pub mm-hmm. in Stockton, came up with a business plan, um, and we set this business up called mm-hmm. Jack. This was back in two
0: thousand
1: and four. Mm-hmm. So first taste of entrepreneurship, um, which was a. a, a an A five magazine, like I say, we sold advertising, that's where the revenue came from. Yeah. Um issue one made money. We got paid by probably issue four or five. We were starting to talk about employees. We yep. were taking on graphic designers. We were taking on premises mm-hmm. at a really quirky location actually at a railway station. Oh that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know be on the phone. To somebody, talk to them about advertising, and uh, you know you just have, have to pause the conversation while uh, on a one two five Virgin rumble past, yeah, which was which was awesome actually, good good days. Um, and that business just evolved, you know, it went from an advertising company, which was relatively successful. Um, it allowed us to create opportunities and bring bring people into the business. Um, it evolved into a company with various different silos. You know, there was the advertising side um, that evolved into printing. we dabbled a bit with web mm-hmm. development um, graphic design was big for us um, and we also took we also took a product and a brand online which was selling uh, printing online mm-hmm. uh, to the trade
0: market space okay. Is that so, people who were coming to you wanting their printing done? Or you would print for other people who were selling printing? Or?
1: Yeah, no, it's a good question. We, To be fair, we, we started off selling to end user, so a mm-hmm. small business yep. in the Chesley Street, generally, Chesley Street area. Would come to us, they started start a business up, or they just need some printing to promote the business. And we had, obviously, a ad solution in the magazine. Yep. Or we had a, a print solution, and that would be normally... leaflets that Mm. we would print and later we started offering a delivery service as well so design print and delivery was the you know the buzz the buzz term at the time Um, and then yeah that kind of uh, evolved again and a door opened for us to to take printing online Mm. uh, and start talking to the trade space so this would be other printing companies or other designers or very you know small agencies like ourselves they would want to buy printing, and we offered a trade price, you know. So it was enough. It, there was enough margin in it for them to sell to their end user, all very seamlessly. Um, where white label solution, mm-hmm. where we would design it sometimes, or we would just print it, dispatch it, and send it directly to their end, end user. Yep. White label packaging, all yep. unbranded. Um, <clears throat> and our business, that business really, really took off um, phenomenally well. Um, and it over a course of over a course of I would say sort of five to six years, um, that business was absolutely booming. Um, yeah. Changed the, the, the shape of the business mm-hmm. um, over that time as well. We employed more people. We um, we had um, opportunities to collaborate with uh, companies, or printing companies. Um, one in one in particular was in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. so it allowed us to, you know, gain gain access to, to uh, Europe for not only for the print supply chain, but also for you know from a from an online uh, yeah. scale up perspective That's as well. Cool. So that was that was interesting. And um yeah, that <clears throat> that business took us to um three offices at one point. We had um mm-hmm. an office in Chesley Street, we yep. had an office in Darlington, mm-hmm. um and we also uh this was an ambition of mine, which was on a whim we decided to open an office in London as well. Okay. So, yeah. We opened an office in um, in Millgate, so mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my time uh, staying around the Shoreditch area, talking to companies, offering them a, a print solution, but with the Northeast network, which was brilliant because it was the story around the you know the coffee machine or the the water cooler was mm-hmm. we're offering a you know a, a fantastic all-in-one solution, but yeah. you're not paying as much as you're paying because we've got. A northeast resource in our yeah, you're not paying costs. London pricing for
0: yeah, you know, absolutely,
1: absolutely. the different the different wage demands the, they were very different, of course, um, and obviously premises and uh, route to market. So we, it allowed us to compete massively in that area, and that was yeah, probably one of my biggest su- su- successes to date. Yeah. Um, and I say I say mine. It was obviously mine and my dad's. So yeah. it was a, a very much a collaborative uh, and and the team around us. Um, and <clears throat> so that that put us in the shop window so to speak with um some prospective buyers and in the end the business um sold to mm-hmm. to, to a large printing company global yep. printing company um in 2016 i think it was mm-hmm. yeah um and i went to work for them for yep. a year so which was a which was a, obviously a, a very a difficult decision because you've got you know you you set up a business um especially family business and, you create opportunities. You're taking people on throughout, you know, in that region. You develop relationships, and you get really close to people. Yeah. Um, and you wanted to protect those people. So when when we decided to sell, we felt it was for the right reasons, um, and it allowed us to to exit the business. Um, and the business was left unscathed. You know, yeah. it was uh, the head camp remained the same. Um, the front end business was uh, was uh, of Jack continues today um a mm. small a smaller business came in um a guy at the, which was at the right time for him to sort of expand his business model mm. um he had a turnkey business um, mm. with premises with people mm. and um and that's I'm you know, glad to say
0: that that's still going strong today that's fantastic yeah so obviously that was in two thousand and sixteen yep I, I imagine you know uh After kind of like building that business for so long and you know, you're pouring so much into it, it becomes like you know, like a child, like your baby that you've brought to the scale that you had. Yeah, what was it like coming from there when you've you like say you've sold it, you've worked for somebody else for a year, and then it's did you have kind of like, oh, right, okay, what's next kind of moment, or was it kind of always going in the back of your mind? Like, it was definitely that what next moment, 100%. So, um,
1: the as part, part of the Part of the deal that was engineered meant that I had a a job opportunity to work with a company that bought us. Mm -hmm. So, brilliant opportunity for me, Um, fantastic company, great culture, um, based up in Dundee. Mm -hmm. So, I would be getting a train on a Monday morning, meeting my teammates about lunchtime, Mm -hmm. going into a meeting. um, And then for around about a year, maybe a bit longer, my role was to obviously integrate the business that the company had bought yeah so you know it was it was very much um an interesting time because i've gone as you say i've gone from a from a small business family business unit to um to a massive corporation so mm-hmm. you know getting used to that was difficult, but the the company that I worked for made that very easy. Mm-hmm. I'd already developed relationships with key members of that business um mm-hmm. and it and it all worked it all worked out well
0: mm-hmm.
1: sadly that that came to an end um, more so because of the traveling. Yeah. So I've got a young family who, you know, I'd I'd a lot of time that I hadn't spent with my family whilst yeah. developing the Jack business. Yeah. You know? So I know I know you've just got obviously a new baby as well. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've just had my uh, my son who is actually
1: uh, eight weeks old today. So awesome. still very young. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's a game changer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, and and you know my children, um, one's ten and one's nine. Mm-hmm. And I've got an older daughter who's 21, who uh, who's obviously all part, part and parcel of our family unit. Um, you know, I wasn't spending time with them. I wasn't spending a, a near enough time with them after building and developing the Jack brand and that mm. experience. Um, the Last thing I wanted to be doing was sat in a hotel in Dundee yeah. Yeah. Monday to Thursday. Mm. So a tough decision. You know, I mean, I was giving up the rest of my sort of you know short term career. Um, yeah. around that company, um, like you say, a global company, it could have took me anywhere, yeah. and um, uh, an opportunity came up, which was, uh, it all happened quite quickly, it was, uh, I joined a company in um, in Darlington, a recruitment company, really well established, fantastic reputation, um, to be their associate sales director, okay. so on paper, that was my dream job, you know, yeah. it was back in the corporate world, it was suited and booted, yep. Yeah. It was sales, which I'd always loved mm. throughout my career, previously with Coca Cola, yeah. in Jack. That I felt that I fell into the sales role more than any other role, and this was a dream title. It was mm. a dream opportunity to work for, like say, one of the leading brands in recruitment yeah. um, in the region, and and beyond. So, um, a very short break took took maybe a week off, mm. and then uh, and then started a new career, yeah. and it was fantastic, you know, it was, you you know, you've got that S-curve of starting a business or starting a new company where you're learning and learning, and I think that's good, good for, it's always good for humans to learn new skills all the time, and it, and also for me it was, it was, it was important that I wasn't kind of pigeonholed in that um, either FMCG world or, or printing and design, I felt like I could, you know, transfer my skills into something else. Yeah. So recruitment... From the outside, was obviously very, very sexy. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's talking to people. It seems very rewarding from mm-hmm. the outside. Um, it sales and lots of, uh, you know, lots of young people, yep. energy, mm-hmm. um, and and just a anything is possible kind of kind of attitude and anything is possible world. So you know, the remit was to, to go back to, to scratch really, which was to start growing and developing. Um, in this case, not a company, but but a branch. So, you know, you're, you're back to zero, ground zero, and yeah. it's all of the, the, the pain that goes with that in yeah. terms of growing a business or mm-hmm. growing a brand or growing a unit yeah. in this case. Um, and ultimately, you know, I've worked for fantastic mentor, fantastic MD who I learned a lot from. Um, ultimately, it was something that it didn't work out, yeah. and these things sometimes don't. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout m- my career, um, with the support and help of my dad, I felt that, whilst we'd had bumps in the road, yeah. And we definitely had bumps in the road. Yeah. There's a, there was a lot of um, success, you know. That I didn't. Not, I'm, I'm not going as far ev- to say that everything we touched turned a to goal, but yeah. You know, from that kind of it was inbred in me and and obviously my, from my dad as well. That you know you work hard, harder than the next person, harder than your competition, and you're gonna get recognised. Yeah. And you know, you live in in this fear of failure, but that never comes to fruition because you're working harder yeah. and you just got that belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's in me from in, the, in this job. That's kind of there mm-hmm. thinking, well, just, you just keep working harder. It'll come, it'll come and have that self belief. And you know, there's a lot of variables in trying to grow and develop a brand, especially yeah. something that you don't, you don't have a background in, but, um, you know, ultimately it didn't work out. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sad that that was the case because, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, it was the first time in my career that I'd started to feel um, the onset of stress, Yeah. Um, and also a
0: real kind of, you know, burnout situation. Yeah, which is, you know, it's something that, um, you know, we talked about a little bit we? with other uh, guests on the podcast. It's something that, like, like being a, you know, in business or an entrepreneur or whatever people want to call it is quite sexy at the moment you know there's a lot of people out there talking about how great it is and things like that but the, what isn't talked about is that side of it you know and uh, the amounts of stress that you can go through you know sleepless nights and things like that like if you're a type of person who gets stressed at a, like a job do not become self-employed because you will going to be 10 times as stressed like yeah you not know? and obviously burnout is like something that I think is getting more and more common because nobody's talking about it so when people, it starts to affect them, they don't talk about it and obviously mental health, like, you know, thankfully getting, um, some, like, people have been more aware of it but would would you mind talking about how, like, how that, a little bit, how it felt for you and how it kind of, like, manifests itself and how you moved past it?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I would say that I'm probably my own worst enemy because, you know, going back to that kind of you know the, the just what's in me is just to to work harder, and yeah. um, the di- the drive for for what we think success is or what success looks mm-hmm. like is probably a million miles away from the reality. Yeah. Um, but I was you know just chasing the dream if you like, um, and you know trying to shake off how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to feel you know, levels of stress, but I thought, okay, that that's fine, that goes with the title, that goes with everything that I'm trying to achieve. I've been there before, yeah. I've dealt with it, it, it disappears. Mm. You know, and it's just it almost it almost it's the um you need that kind of low hum of yeah. stress. I felt that you need a yeah. low hum of stress through you. Going through your body
0: to motivate you to, to get out and jump yeah. out of bed to that little bit of fear. You well, know, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I it's... think that a lot of people, especially when you know something they've like got that like I always kind of say to people of like what it's like I said that there's a difference between being self-employed to work for somebody else that you've got very real consequences very quickly like if somebody goes to work and messes up they don't really have financial consequences but they're still going to get paid at the end of the month yeah absolutely. where if you work for yourself and you mess up then that's going to cost you money yeah like it, and a part of that is like obviously the the little bit of fee that you've got to go out and perform so that you get paid but I think that that, like you say keeps moving you forward. Yeah. But I can definitely kind of see how that fear would start to grow and morph into something else. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting as well, cause if you if you if you add another layer to that, I think if you're self employed and you've um you know, you you live or die by your decisions and that's mm-hmm. that. And that's you we all accept that and, mm-hmm. and businesses thrive or they don't work and you know, that doesn't that, that didn't work out, what's next? Yep. Yeah. But what I felt was a um, another variable that, or layer that added to my um, the way I felt was that I was responsible for an element of somebody's business. You know, they mm. they've gone through the sleepless nights and the drive and the yeah. pain of growth and not seeing their kids and everything else. And my my small part to play in that bigger picture um, added extra pressures as well because I didn't want to let somebody down. Because I also, you know, I, I want to be the guy that gets a pat on the shoulder, and mm. uh, you know, and has that moment of success. And I always dreamt, uh, oh. and and people might laugh at this now, but I always dreamt that there was going to be a a aha moment where we crossed the finishing line and we were sat at the table of success, yeah. and probably involved a glass of uh, something fizzy. <laughs> and it was like, you know, we we did it, yeah. we did it, you know, and all that pain mm. and all that um, pressure and all that stress would have gone away. But of course. Um, that didn't happen. Yeah, mm. uh, ended up. <coughs> I ended up going away. For, excuse me. Mm. Going away for a weekend <coughs> with my family, and um, I'm away with my family, and I was just distanced. I couldn't, couldn't focus, couldn't concentrate. Yeah. I was away with them, but I wasn't with them. Yeah. And, yeah, it just hit me. I couldn't, I couldn't face going into work. So I ended up. Um, I was my wife. My wife said, "Look, we need to get you fixed." So mm-hmm. she she put a an email in, um, and that's that was the last time I went in. No, I didn't go didn't go to work again. I yeah. um, I went off with work related stress. Mm-hmm. um was under a doctor um, on medication, and then a few weeks later I was I was actually made redundant. I was yeah. out of a job. Um, so you know lots of different feelings. Yeah. But most importantly, and the the priority was to get me right for mm-hmm. me and my family because. Yeah. It was just
0: no. I could see there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It was, no. getting, it was, it was in a very dark place at that yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and I think, especially when people are like you know in that kind of position or self-employed position, it must be very hard. Or some people might perceive like actually getting yourself right before anything else might. For a lot of people, when you're on your own, you come last. Yeah. Before everybody else, so yeah. actually doing that might feel like a bit like not a step backwards, but in the wrong direction maybe. Yeah. Like where you kind of like you put yourself. And your well-being below everything else so everything yeah. else can kind of move forward so um, I can definitely see how it would be a bit of a very funny time for you to kind of like adjust yeah. and like move forward from it really difficult time Michael yeah the um, the that
1: time was, was probably I look at it I look at it in a few different ways now I look at it that I'm, I'm very grateful that I had I think it was three months or maybe four months to try and work on myself to get myself right um, I deliberately spent more time with my family I would pick up my children from school I would sign up to school trips yep. so I was a dad on a school trip yep. We could go, go up to Stockton High Street and have a look around the town hall and uh, all that kind of stuff yep. which is magical actually to, yeah, to, yeah. To, it's a really amazing thing to do and I encourage anyone to do that if they get the opportunity um, so I was spending time with the family but of course the way I describe it is that you know, on a weekend we're great we were spending time together and Doing things, or I was doing things d- with the kids during the week, taking them swimming or whatever, brownies, mm. and football. Um, but when the music stopped, is how I describe it. Is when Monday morning comes, yeah, and I'm waving my wife and kids off to work and school, yeah, and then it's that's the bit that's the, the struggle because you know you're now at war with yourself. You've got your head, mm. you are now thinking about you know what you're going to do next mm. in your career. Um, mm. Why am I such a failure? And all these hopeless feelings kicked in. So it was um it was an interesting time that I think I had to go through a lot of pain to come out the other side. Um and I'm out the other side now. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm I'm
0: I'm loving life again, loving my work Mm. and doing something completely different. So what were the next stages then for you after you managed to, you know, not pull yourself out of that place but, you know, uh, get healthy again if you want, for yeah. a better term. Um, yeah. what was the, the next bits that you moved on to from that?
1: So from there it was kind of okay, what do I do next? What mm-hmm. can I do? Um I was very lost thinking, well, you know, <clears throat> this time two years ago I was running a, a business, a family business. Now I'm sat with nothing. Yeah. What do I do? So you start looking at your, yourself and you think, well, <clears throat> what are my transferable skills? Well, I think I can talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can um, you know, help somebody grow a brand. I've got a pair of hands, so yeah. I can work. And yeah. you know, I'm very lucky that I can, you know, get get stuck into something and um, a, a manual job. So yeah. there's, there's there's ways of earning money that way. I was also very fortunate that you know the the, the, the things that had come my way in business helped me financially. So yeah. you know, I had I had some options there because I had a bit of um, cash through the sale of obviously Jack. Yeah. Yeah. So looked at um, what I can do and. Um, you know, went to a went to a franchise show with my dad who was mm. who was amazingly supportive through through this time of mine. And um we had a day out in Manchester and he said, I tell you what, Andy, you need to get yourself into carpet cleaning and I just you know, thanks dad. Love you a bit but <laughs> kind of dismissed it. Um, and he said, No, no, the figures look really good, you know, you can make some money and you can I'm sure it's something you could lend yourself to. So we talked to some guys who, who ran a franchise and you know, I was talking to people who were franchisees who come from a corporate background. Some people had um, been in sales previously. Some people had hit a brick wall in the '40s mm-hmm. and had to go, had to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I could relate to the guys, and I really liked the the business model. So I came away and just started. You know, I thought, well, I've I've been on a Goldman Sachs business growth program. I was lucky enough to go on one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, dusted the file down, started Mm. looking at um, how to create a business plan, create a business plan around carpet cleaning, um, researched what equipment to use, um, what would make us different from the competition, Um, put this plan together and then um, again uh, the universe was aligned, there was a a guy who was retiring,
0: Mm.
1: um, through a friend of a friend I ended up having a conversation with a guy Mm -hmm. who had a customer base. Um, he we agreed that he would train me. Um, so in August 2018, I'm buying a guy's business who's yep. who's now retiring. Yep. And guess what? I've got a business plan. I know where I, where I want to take the business to. Yep. So 2018, it launched um, mm. with me on my own after my initial training. Yep. And here we are now. A um, couple of couple of people working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, big plans, and it's uh, it's a fantastic
0: opportunity. I'm, lo- I'm loving every minute of it. So, is it uh, kind of like uh, domestic or commercial that you're working with, or a bit of both? Um, Absolutely, it, a bit of yeah. both. Yeah, Social, uh, we're looking. You know, we're definitely doing domestic, um, and we're d-
1: and we're looking at commercial as well. So, mm-hmm. commercially, um, I've been very fortunate to work with <coughs> and do work for Middlesbrough Football Club, um, mm-hmm. Rockcliffe Hall, Cummins, yeah. um, some really big brands that yeah, yeah. have sort of bought into to, the, to our concept and what mm-hmm. we can do to help people. So, the domestic side of things is obviously upholstery. Yeah, um, it's people's carpets, um, and it's hardstone floors. We do yeah. a lot of that kind of work as well around Darlington, the Dales, Teesside.
0: Yeah, predominantly. I've, like I've seen some of this stuff. Like when it comes to like the hard stone floors and things like that, like it's not like clean. It's like restoration. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's kind of like bringing it back to new. Like it's yeah. you know it's like an absolutely incredible. Yeah. Like what can be done now? A kind of like bring things back to new so what are the kind of main things that you do in your business that um, would you say are are slightly different from other people in your sector because obviously I imagine that a lot of people like whatever reasons get into that business but you've got like like a wealth of a background like of running, operating, growing and then selling businesses etc how did that affect how you came into this business and how you started to structure it would you say that you probably structured it or had visions of it in a different way than many people coming into it. I think
1: I think whatever I've done in the past and um and I keep saying me but my dad as well whatever we've done in the past we've, also, we've always disrupted the market space. Yeah. So, you know, whether it was printing if you were paying 80 pounds for a set of business cards, we brought that down to 39 pound price point. Yeah. Um the volume grew and and we and we developed the business that way. So, something that I wanted to do was totally disrupt the market space. Um, And the way that I did that was talk to customers. You know, Mm -hmm. talk talk to me about your carpet and upholstery Mm -hmm. cleaning experience. Um, The kind of feedback that I got was that, you know, carpets were left wet, Mm -hmm. they were left soggy, it took ages to dry. Um, There was not really a pleasant smell when the carpet cleaner left, it was expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, okay, brilliant, because, you know, the research that I've done in the business plan, um, what if I could clean your carpets using a dry system? Mm. Um, I'll remove your spot and stains. Um, not only will I clean your carpets, but your room will be left more healthy mm. because it's, it'll be sanitised, it'll be deodorised, um, and people people are loving that. You know, yeah. it's it's less disruptive to them. Yeah, they can they can literally get me in in the morning and by tea time they're, they're sat
0: watching the TV again in their in their dry in their living room and it's all dry. Which I think you know is a massive pain point that I imagine stops people from doing it, especially with children and things like that if it's the living room space for example like where the people go if it's wet and they can't get back in so i think yeah. well if it's good i just can't afford not i have my living room for a day while it dries out so i yeah. imagine that it's a, like a massive win for you yeah. when it comes to people
1: definitely i mean we've got the total you know have got a very uh a dry clean system which is totally dry mm-hmm. and we've also got a lot moisture system as well um and depending on Depends on what we're looking at, and once we've done a full assessment of somebody's carpet, mm. we'll decide and we'll recommend which process we're going to use. Sometimes the carpet's left a little bit more damp, but you're talking an hour yeah. maximum to dry, um, and people can live with that. Mm-hmm. Like you say, they're back to normality. Yeah. You know, we also put all the furniture back as well, mm-hmm. so that people literally just you know let us in, and then when we go, they've got a nice, clean, fresh living room or whatever yeah. room we've cleaned,
0: um, and it's healthy for for the for the, for the kids and for. And for pets as well, so is it the same kind of process when it comes to commercial work and things like that? Is it the same process, but obviously the scale's a bit bigger um, yeah, absolutely um i mean on a
1: you know we've, we've been lucky to do some industrial work um which is quite quite labor intensive um and maybe not necessarily the kind of processes that we would use in a domestic or maybe sort of small commercial mm-hmm. setting um, but yeah, definitely in a commercial business, you know if you've got um a business with carpets or upholstery. Well, it's the same system, it's the same
0: method, um, just on a just on a you know scaled up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's uh, like what's next for the business? Obviously, you had the, the benefit of coming in with a successful background in scaling businesses and thing and things like that. Um, are you looking like forward to the future? Have you got different avenues of like is there different opportunities that you could go in that maybe other companies aren't doing, or have you got an idea where you would like to move into next? Oh, I always got ideas. And that's,
1: uh, that's always been um, one of the, one of my sort of problems. Really, is um, is kind of coming up with ideas and wanting them to be live, yeah. you know, that same day or very very quickly. Um, but as I've got older, I've started to kind of learn from that and maybe yeah. just take my time and and you know launch things as and when the time's right. So I think um, as well as organic growth in this region, um, I think there's lots and lots of opportunity to you know to to, to keep to keep clients happy, to win more business. Um, on the domestic and the commercial front, um, we're working with more and more um, hotels in the region mm-hmm. who need a quick turnaround because you know yeah. if they've got a room that can't be let out because they've got a wet carpet, well, it's it's lost revenue. Yeah. So you know our system can can actually help them make more money yeah. with a clean room. So I think hotels and hospitality is a route that we'll certainly be pursuing.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I I really want to help create. More opportunities for people on a national level. So, you know, I, I found myself in a situation that there was, you know, there was, I didn't see much light at the end of a tunnel. Where you know, jump forward to now, I've I've got a pretty successful business yeah. that I'm growing, um, and if I can help other people um, create that, you know, create opportunities for other people mm. across the country by, you know, sharing best practice. These are the rip machines I would recommend. In fact, come and see me and work with me for a week. I'll train you. Yeah. Um, I can offer you a really good price on your machinery, I can give you the support. Um you can, you know, guess what? You can also use my brand as well, which is which has yeah. been working and, and probably even handle people's marketing as well. Yeah. And, you know, allow them to um grow a successful business or work within a successful business that's been that's proven to work and, mm-hmm. and create a solid income for somebody, without killing themselves. You know, yeah. with, with it being optional in terms of the hours that they put in. If they want to work something part time and they've got a desired income goal, then we can help achieve that. Yeah. If someone wants to put three or four vans on the road mm-hmm. in a certain
0: area, well, we can help them achieve that as well. Yeah. So I think it's uh, again it comes back to planning, like planning the business of what you want it to look like. Yeah. Like we. um there's a lot of people that we've spoke to where they've started in business because what they originally wanted to do was be in control of their own time, whether it has to more free time or spend more time with family, etc. But then, you know, in five, six years, they've built this business that's a lot bigger than what they wanted, that takes all the time. And then they look at it and think, this isn't what I wanted at all. Yep. So I think having that clear vision when you come into it of like what you want from it is so important. And being honest yeah. with yourself
1: about it, and that's sort of scary, you know. There's, there's, I reckon in this region alone, there's a lot of people who have created big, big brands that mm-hmm. are servicing customers on a national level, but they're part of that business, yeah. And and distancing themselves from that business and creating that um, exit strategy mm-hmm. is difficult because yeah. they are the business, mm-hmm. you know. And that's um, that's something that I've had experience in. And yeah. you know, unfortunately, we we were, we were in a position where we could engineer an exit, but. Some businesses kinda, of, they're trapped. Yeah. And guess what? They're not spending time with a the family. They may be earning a lot of money and they've got yeah. a lot of wealth, but Ooh. the the
0: time they're time poor. Is yeah, exactly in the business. We had a conversation recently with somebody who was looking to sell their business, but when it was actually looked at, they were their business. Yeah. So when they went to sell it, the business wasn't worth anything. Yeah. But that but we're turning over X, we're making all this money, yeah, because it's you. Yeah. If we take you out of it, we're going to lose. all those relationships all those customers you know if you don't have contracts in place if you don't have stock etc if it is you then you haven't really created a business you've created a job yeah which there's nothing wrong with at all i'm not saying you know um but if you're looking to sell your business at some point or have an exit then yeah you know um did you find that when you were doing your sale like you had to put certain things into kind of like Remove yourself from. I know you like spend a bit of time where obviously there's a transition period, but where you have to remove yourself from the business to make it sellable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, the best, or the most the best advice I can give somebody who's maybe thinking about you know an end goal, is um, is first of all write that down. You know, write down your exit. If your exit is to sell, write it down and engineer that sale. Hmm. Um, and one of the biggest things that I took away from Goldman Sachs is that. You've got to remove yourself from the business you know you you've got, to, you've got to work on the business, not in the business you know that classic mm-hmm. um, but it is so true if your if your business can generate revenue, generate profit and people that within your business are running your business, then it's great because the value of you is minimal. yeah but if you are the business and if people only buy from your business because of you, it might work for you mm-hmm. but as an exit and as a sale yeah people need you in in that cell and, you, and and how many people want to sell a business and then go and work for somebody
0: yeah you know which they don't and a lot of the time when people are acquiring business either it's larger scale businesses yeah. um or people who are looking to do what you, you know like you recently did of bringing on another business to an existing portfolio but if that person is the business then that like another thing that We've talked about recently is a lot of people who are in business or want to hand their business on to their children. Yeah. the reason that they're growing such a business is because it can give you know financial support to their children. Yeah, but if you're the business when you retire the re- business retires with you. Yeah, unless you know it's you know Mike and son like if yeah. they're coming up, so it's yeah. another thing that you know is again it's not talked about you yeah. know because there's no. There's no real cost for <laughs> running no. a business. No, absolutely.
1: Know. And I think if um, if I was to be totally honest, I think that if I was in my dad's position when we set up our business, mm. I'm sure that he would have loved for there to be a succession plan that that business continued where he retires and mm-hmm. uh, maybe I run the business and one day maybe uh, my little guy Harvey yeah. or my daughters run the run the business as well. Yeah. Um, and. That just wasn't the case you know I, I, I did there was no appetite there there was a there was an opportunity for an exit and we both exited and yeah. it, it actually looking back now it's the best thing that happened
0: oh absolutely Um I know not everybody wants to sell the business yeah. and things like that are people like don't necessarily we've had a lot of people who come on and their businesses like their passion you know like they were well, from for whatever reason they're like, well, I never want to retire so like I might scale back what I'm doing but I want to be doing this for Forever and that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you know? um, one of the things that we talk about a lot is that there is no one way to like to do things. Like you know what we've like, obviously it's not m- like me saying this, but what we've seen is there's so many different people doing it so many different ways. You don't have to. Like even stuff like you don't have to get office premises or you don't have to do it this way. You don't have to do it that way. Like yeah. as long as it works, you can make it work for yourself. And we're so lucky because we're probably living
1: in um in the best time ever where you can scale a business up globally and you know from from your home from yeah. a home office. Yeah, yeah, You don't need you don't need the offices. It's nice to have, mm-hmm. but it's
0: not it's not necessary. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, so when people come on the podcast, we ask people the same three questions. One of them you've kind of already answered, but we'll go. I'll go through them and then, we're like, yeah. we'll visit them. So, the first one is, what does success look like to you? And the reason that we ask it is just like we've been talking about before: is it's different to everybody, and it's really important, especially for people who are setting up a business or are in the early stages, for them to see that there's no right answer. And we've had all different answers from. People have literally said, when I'm a millionaire, when my business is this size, you know, when I bought a Lamborghini, like all the way through, I just one more time with my family, and people said, I'm a success now, as long as I can keep this going, I'll be happy. Yeah. So, loads of different answers, so it's great for us to hear. Uh, the second one is kind of, have you ever had um, a setback in your life, or what you at the time perceived as a failure that later led to good things? But you've kind of answered that already, just how, how we talked through yeah. your journey, which is great. And then the third one, is there anything that you are really into or obsessed by at the moment? So we've had stuff like gadgets, TV shows, um, somebody who's like, really like obsessed with like home automation, like Alexa's and stuff like that. We've had people who've started up new hobbies, you know, films, like everything, anything and everything. So we've had a lot of good answers. So we'll start with the first one of what does success look like to you? It's a biggie.
1: Um, I think that I used, to th- I used to think that success was a finishing line, um, yeah. so we never knew, I don't think I never quite knew what success looked like, but I always thought that there would be a finishing line where it was, um, you know, you, you'd, reach, you'd reach your goal, whether it was selling your business, whether it was personal wealth, where it was the Lambo, you know, you pass that finishing line and then you kind of sit back and say, I did it. What I've learned now is that there is no finishing line it just goes on and on and on and on and you know whatever the whatever the goal is then another you know guess what once you achieve one something else is there and you and you're striving on for that next goal so for me now success um, is is full you know it's it's fulfillment in what you're doing it's personal you know personal happiness and and using that the most valuable valuable commodity in the world is time Mm. and using that time most effectively and You know for me personally, now it's spending time with my children and my wife and my family mm. um and and just just taking myself to places where I can you know really kind of just get away from things and and en- enjoy the moment really yeah so for me now success is about you know full full fulfillment in what I'm doing um but but just you know with an opportunity to grow but most importantly just being happy and spending time with my family yeah, that's phenomenal.
0: So, the second question you've already kind of answered, um, which was would have been, a you know, is a great answer for it. Um, I don't know if you maybe want to cover, uh, are there any, like, little bits of advice or tips that if there's anybody out there who's, like, going through it or feel like, you know, that may resonate with them or ring a bell and go, God, I'm actually starting to feel like that now. Is there any advice that you would give those people who have been through it yourself?
1: Yeah, I hope, I hope so. And I hope that anybody who's listening that... Um has sort of felt the symptoms of extreme exhaustion, stress that's just not going away, um, anxiety, um, not sleeping, mm-hmm. not feeling like they can eat. You know, there's there's stress, and we all suffer from stress. But when something's not going away, then it's you know you need to take action because it just doesn't go away. It never goes away. Yeah. Um, it just gets worse, and to a point where, in my situation, I wasn't myself. I was having conversations with people that. Wasn't landing. It was going straight off my head, and I just kind of just nothing was nothing was going in. Um, but I went too I went too far, mm. and I think recognising the symptoms early. There's plenty of online help to yeah. find out what the symptoms are. You know, um, the NHS website's got a really good link where you can put in how you're feeling, and it'll give you an indication of whether it's um, stress or whether it's burnout, etc. You know, and it's, it's not something that's, that, that can be taken lightly. I think employ, employers need to sort of recognise symptoms as well, not only for the staff, but for themselves. Yeah. And, and deal with it um, in the right way. So mm. I think definitely recognise the symptoms and take action because mm. it never, ever just disappears.
0: Mm. That's great. Um, and then the, th- the third and final one was, is there anything that you are like really into or obsessed by that's really on your radar at the moment? Mm-hmm. I've
1: always loved reading business books, you know, like yeah. going back to the Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends, etc. Yeah, yeah. I just love stuff like that. Um, I also, you know, really, I really enjoy um, seeing what, 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 what's next, you know, looking at some of the sort of guys coming through mm-hmm. um, in business and just seeing what they're doing. And I'd love to be able to help other businesses. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the, from the experience that I've had. I'm not saying that I'm a guru in any in any sense. You know, mm. I'm, I'm I'm cleaning carpets and, and growing a small business, mm. and, I, and I'm loving things and I'm loving life. But I've had experiences. You know, I've had experiences in business and in life that hopefully I can share with other people who yeah. are who are coming through. But my big passion is uh, is definitely reading business books, uh, listening to podcasts, watching podcasts. Mm. Um, you know, just
0: all sorts of things like that really any good recommendations that you would recommend two or three um, for if people were looking to pick out a certain business book business obviously. business book obviously the
1: top ones is obviously uh, Covey so the Stephen Covey mm-hmm. um, uh, how to win friends and influence people if you're if you're going down the sales route mm-hmm. um, and there's uh, yeah there's all sorts I think I think the the other one that I would say is uh, it's just it's a, it's a very small book, but it's something that can really help you prioritize your day because there's so much media coming our way, whether it's driving to work, listening to the radio, podcast, etc., etc. Mm. There's one called Eat That Frog, which helps to deal with um, you know procrastination and dealing with the worst job of the day straight away, and it just helps you sail
0: through the day mm. as best you can. Really, that's uh, that's a that's a, a short book that I enjoyed. Mm. Well, that's phenomenal so if anybody's listening and they want to talk to you about obviously working with you guys et etc where's the best place for them to be able to get in touch with you so you can contact us for our website
1: so eco Um we're also on Instagram I'm obviously on LinkedIn as well or you can approach me personally um, so Andy J Knowles is most of my handles um, and I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn I respond to LinkedIn very mm-hmm. very quickly so you know if anyone's got any questions or they want to ask about my business or how I'm feeling and how I've overcome things and
0: if there's any sort of help or support I can give then you know please get in touch that's brilliant we'll make sure all those are linked in the description below thanks so much for coming on and talking with well, us it's been really yeah. really good thanks, thanks a lot
1: so thanks for having me really enjoyed it mm. awesome
0: uh, this has been the Side Business Podcast the Side Business Podcast is promoted and produced by person-to-person marketing thanks very much for listening